Hey, this is Johnny D from Doro. Pour yourself a nice cup of Java. Kick back and enjoy the rock and roll and coffee show. Episode 43 of the Rock and Roll and Coffee Show, and tonight's guest is musician bassist Tim Gaines. Yeah, Tim Gaines of Striper fame. Uh, he's been with Striper. He played with Striper for years. Um, I think he recently just quit back in 2015 or something like that. And now he's playing with Aldo Nova. He's played with a bunch of people, even uh, Richard Marks. Yeah, yeah. And then he also started his career, I believe, with a band called Stormer that was uh, pretty big in the L.A. scene. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk to him about all that stuff tonight um, and find out what happened with Striper. I'm not real. I don't really yeah. know the story behind why he left Striper. Yeah, you hear different stories here and there. You don't know what's true. So yeah, maybe we'll find out tonight. If you're liking the show, please follow us at on Instagram at R&R Coffee Show. And uh, also visit our website at Rock and R&R Coffee Show. What is our website, Nick? R&R. I don't know. R&R, uh, I don't know. R&R Coffee Show. <laughs> Coffee show. Com. Dot com. There Go there, sign up on the mailing list, and uh, you may win a prize in our giveaways. Ooh, what so, kind of prize? Well, why don't you uh, sign up on our mailing list, and maybe you'll win a prize. Ooh, I can win? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not disqualified for being a member of the show? Yes, you are. <laughs> You're out. Damn. Damn. So, so let's call Tim. Get Let's on this a, conversation. Let's give him a ring. Hey, this is Tim. Hey, Tim. It's Joe and Nick with the Rock and Roll Coffee Show. How are you, bud? Hey, guys. How's it going? What's, what's going on, Tim? Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, you're welcome. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm honored. You know, I, I've been yeah. a Striper fan for a long time and a fan of yours. I'm also a bass player, so I've been a fan of yours. And, uh, cool. yeah, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us tonight. Awesome. Glad to do it. What um where where are you located? I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. Okay. What time is it out there? It is seven. Okay, so two hours. Two hours. So yeah. Tim, let me ask you this. How uh how was your twenty twenty? Twenty twenty was what you been doing? <laughs> In spite of in spite of everything that's happened, it wasn't so bad, you know. Uh, right. Can't complain, but uh, I, I managed to stay healthy, and uh, that's good. You know, hoping hoping it'll stay that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you see, we uh, got a new present yesterday. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw your your. Uh, you mean was that your pre- Facebook? The, you mean the fake president? <laughs> the fake fake president <laughs> no i saw your post uh you changed your picture up on your facebook the other day uh, yeah i changed it a few times but... yeah and you got all kinds of <laughs> crap on there oh yeah there's a lot of people that hate uh hate trump and uh i'm not one of them but yeah well, there's a lot of people that disagreed with me and oh well yeah yeah, yeah. it's, it's oh, kind of funny I don't. I don't yeah. care which who you like. You know, it's yeah. just, it's funny to see. Yeah, it's funny to see how people react, though. It's just crazy. Yeah, normally I'm not. I'm not one to uh, make posts about politics or anything like that. I just, you know, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way how things turned out. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so I, I posted the picture, and boy, that sure <laughs> set off a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, but listen, I want to talk to you about you and your career, your journey that you've had. Sure. So tell me, like, when did you first start playing bass? Yeah, so, uh, that would have been around 75, 
late 75, I started, or middle of 75, I started playing uh, um, acoustic guitar, classical guitar. And um, I found that I was uh, really attracted towards the bass end of, of things. And uh, um, I, I heard a lot of bass in the music that I listened to. And so I just kind of gravitated towards the bass. So my first bass was actually a, an acoustic guitar and I took the top two strings off and turned it into a little, uh, bass. Play bass on the and guitar. Then, uh, <laughs> yeah. And so I was about 13. I was 13 at that point, 14th birthday. My, uh, my parents got me my first bass. Okay. Who, who had the guitar? That was mine. Oh, actually, it was a sister. I have two older sisters that both play guitar. Okay. So uh, you're, from a, the you're from a musical 60s, family? Hippie, or? hippie movement. Yeah. Say again? Are you from a musical family? Yeah. 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 I, got, uh, I got a brother who's a singer, songwriter. Okay. Uh, and uh, I got two uh, sisters that played guitar and sang back in the, back in the day. So. so you grew up uh, around music. Yeah. Yeah, music. Uh, uh, on my dad's side, uh, I have cousins that were jazz musicians, and uh, an uncle, a nightclub nightclub performer. Um, so yeah, there was there was a lot of music growing up, and I grew up in the church, so there was you mm -hmm. know choir music and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask you. So so you were in the church when you were mm -hmm. a, a child, also. Yeah. Okay. Grew up, uh, my dad's a pastor, so. Okay. I've uh, been around it as long as I've been alive. Now, you were uh, going on that path also at one point, weren't you? You know, there was, uh, I, I did end up going to Bible college, of all things, in oh, 2007. Wow. And uh, I realized that uh, that really wasn't what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I thought it was. And uh, so I dropped out. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, everybody... Uh, seems to get the calling at some point to uh to go into that if you're a christian and some people take it further than i did but uh i i decided music was where i was supposed to stay at yeah yeah what um so when you were 14 when you started playing bass how soon after that did you get into your first band gosh that was probably right away i mean i was in junior high let's see just starting junior high school. So um, I had some buddies that uh, their brothers played in bands and that kind of turned me on to music too. They were like garage bands. We'd mm -hmm. go over there and watch them practice. And I just, uh, you know, the whole thing was, was kind of cool. So we started forming bands of our own and, you know, 14, 15 years old, I was, from then on, I was playing in bands the whole time. Were, and, uh, were you self-taught? I I am, for the most part. I've taken lessons. Uh, at first, I, I took lessons, and they just put you through music books, you know. And yeah. I played yeah. piano before that, so I already you know, knew music, and I played clarinet in school, and so I, I knew music, so I wasn't really learning anything other than um, the basics. And uh, I listened to a lot of records and, you know, influenced by a lot of different bass players and bands. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much how I, uh, how I grew as a musician. Yeah, you had a good foundation there. Yeah. Who, who were some of your influences when you were first starting? Well, I'd have to say when I first started, um, the guy that really got me the most, I think, was... Uh, D. Murray, who was the bass player for Elton John's band, mm -hmm. um, and him and uh, Nigel Olson, the, uh, the uh, drummer, had just a, a phenomenal rhythm section in those early Elton John albums. And uh, so I, I gravitated towards that. So D. Murray, and then I got into you know some of the harder rock groups at the time, you know, in the mid '70s, and that was you know Aerosmith and Queen and uh, Zeppelin, and, sure. and that's how I, was, I was listening to all that stuff too. But um, 
I, I gravitated more towards uh, melodic players, bass mm-hmm. players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, D. Murray was one of them. Later on, I got into, you know, the, the jazz guys like Jocko and, and uh, went that whole route, you know. And I, uh, you know, I, I, I think I listened to pretty much everybody that was out there at the time. And, um, you know, I never wanted to be uh, just stuck in one genre right listen to one genre of her uh, style of music so right i listen to everything now was your first band stormer or did that come a little bit later that came later um i was in my first band i can't remember the name of it we were uh just a bunch of school kids and we played uh you know just around the house and parties and things like that. It wasn't really, gosh, what were we called? I can't remember. Touch. I think. Touch. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we were 14 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But no, I was in uh, probably three or four different bands uh, growing up. And then I got into Stormer. I was in a band called Afton Kid, which actually did a lot of stuff in Hollywood and then after that, um, I was in a band called White Lace, and we were just like a rock band, top 40 band, and, and uh, didn't have any original songs. But we'd get hired to play at people's parties, and one of the bands that was throwing a party was Stormer. They, were, they used to hire bands to come play their own parties. And so uh, they hired us to play at one of their parties, and that's where they discovered me. So I, I joined Stormer in uh, 1981. I was still in high school. Okay. And uh, this, they were. This was in. Older than me. This was in L.A. In L.A. Okay. Yeah. Did Did you grow up there? I did. Okay. Okay. I did. Okay. So when you joined Stormer, were did they already have a following, or were were they just yeah, starting? So Stormer was one of the bigger bands in L.A. in, in the 70s, and they went through several variations but they had a they had a guitar player when van halen was was in their heyday and uh their their guitar player's name was jimmy bates and uh they kind of played in the same vein uh, eddie van halen jimmy bates and there's another guy uh terry kilgore and we're, we're talking like mid 70s uh 76 77 78 and uh so anyways, they, Stormer and Van Halen played back-to-back all the time. You can see flyers on the on the web all, all over the place. Okay, uh, that's cool. But uh, when I joined the band, uh, we, we signed a record deal, and uh, nothing ever came of it. Hmm. That was in 82. Uh, we, we did some recording. We, we released a single, Christmas single and uh christmas yeah so we did we did christmas songs original christmas songs. <laughs> wow <laughs> and it was it was at the time it was to uh, go out to radio stations uh for christmas season huh. and they were gonna put, the thought was that they would play our song which it got a little bit of airplay but um they uh the, the thought was that they'd play our song and then the album would be released later on the next year or following year. And, yeah. and of course nothing ever happened. So, yeah. Uh, but it was a great band, uh, great singer, great guitar player. Donnie Simmons was a guitar player when I was in the band and Steve Hall was the drummer and uh, original drummer. He, uh, I think the original member from the start of the band, uh-huh. and Tom Hardy was a singer and uh so we we did we did shows all over the place um big shows little shows we did some touring and um i i ended up leaving the band in 80 late 82 or early 83 i can't remember but Uh just uh it's time for me to go so that that was during go ahead nick no i was gonna say is that when you uh joined up with the guys from striper did you uh yeah and striper they were called rocks regime at the time okay and uh we you know we knew each other and seen each other playing at gazaris that was on uh on the sunset strip mm-hmm. yeah uh, when i was in i was in other bands at the time but we 
we all, you know, everybody knew each other. The guys in Rat and Motley guys, um, you know, Quiet Riot. Everybody was, you know, aware of everybody. We all hung out together. You all played the same scene? Same scene, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I ended up getting in, in that band uh, August of 83. That would have been Rock's regime at the time. And uh, they had called me up. They saw one of the local uh, magazines, you know, like it was called BAM magazine. There was a, a, a flyer in there of Stormer, and they noticed that I wasn't in the picture in this flyer. I'd quit the band. And so uh, they called the number to see what happened to the bass player, and they said that I, I had quit and become a Christian. And uh, <laughs> they had they had happened to be looking for a Christian. I was going to say that's probably what they were looking for, right? Yeah. So uh, they 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 ended up getting my number somehow. They called my house, and I went down and met the guys the next day, and uh, ended up joining the band. And the rest is history. Wow. So that was what eighty three? You said? Yeah, that would have been around August eighty three. So the first Striper album came out in what, 84, right? 84. So yeah, I joined the band. We had been recording demos. There's a Rocks Regime demo floating around somewhere. I think that the guys even released it at some point. Um, I'll just see if I can find that. Uh, Yeah, I think you can get it on Amazon or wherever they can represent it. Right. But that's the original uh, recordings that we did. And then we recorded, uh, we got signed to Enigma Records and then recorded the uh, first EP, Yellow and Black Attack. And uh, gosh, I don't remember what month that came out, but that would have been early 84. Uh-huh. And uh, somewhere in 84. They asked us to change the name from Rock's Regime. They didn't like the name. So Robert came up with Striper for some reason. Rock's was with two X's, wasn't it? Two Our X's, yeah. Gotta love the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> the fun times. <laughs> yeah. um, now now so, you left you left the band uh shortly after that, didn't you, for a little while? I was out I can't really say I was out, but everybody makes a big deal about uh during To Hell with the Devil. Um I didn't I didn't play on the album. I was actually out of the band or you know, I had I guess you could say I quit the band at that point. Yeah. The guys, uh, we we finished the uh, the uh, soldiers tour and uh, took some time off. And I hadn't heard from the guys in months. You know, I knew we had an album to record, and and uh, I had just gotten married, and uh, just it was silence from their end. So uh, I got a phone call one day, and they wanted to talk to me, and I go. Kind of have a feeling something something's going on. Right. So I drove down to from at that time I was living up in Burbank, um, just north of Hollywood, and drove down to Orange County where they were at, and uh, had a meeting. And they they said that the uh, they didn't want to use me on the album, and so I kind of got upset. And you know, so it's probably they, understandable. You know, it's like I'm in a band. I'm yeah, so so yeah, you were equal with you guys still in the band, but they didn't want you to play on the record, right? What was so, the reasoning? Yeah, why was that? Um, uh, I don't know the the exact reasoning, but they they said the producer. I, I wasn't up to par as far as what they were uh, looking for hmm. as far as the studio went. So okay, you know, and at the time, I you know I probably wasn't. You know, it's it's. Uh, being a bass player in the studio is a lot different than being uh, a live player. Mm-hmm. And it's taken time for me to, to figure all that out mm-hmm. over the years. Yeah. I think I, I'm a better bass player in the studio now than, than I am a live player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, things go in reverse. Right. But at the time, you know, it, it hurt my feelings. I got, I got ticked off and, you know, I, I left the band for, I don't know, however long it was, maybe a month or two months while they were in the studio. And they had gotten another bass player to come in and uh, take my place to, to record the album. 
And then it turned out he wasn't cutting the par either for the album. So they, they got a studio guy to come in, a guy named Brad Cobb, who played on uh, To Hell with the Devil. He played on uh, uh, In God We Trust, the follow-up to that. Right. And um, so so he was a guy that, that they, they ended up using in the studio, I, I guess, don't ask me why I wasn't there at the time, but mm-hmm. uh, he was he was the one, Brad Cobb, who played on that record. And so I had kept in contact with Oz during this time, during the re- recording, and then uh, it came time for them to, to go out on the road, and they were in rehearsals, and, and uh, Oz was telling me that things weren't working out with this other bass player that they had replaced me with, so... Uh, they said they wanted to have another meeting with, <laughs> with me. <laughs> so I went down and met with them, and they said, well, we're, we're leaving uh, in two days to to start this tour, the uh, beginning of the Hell with the Devil tour, and uh, they wanted me back in the band um, if I would come back. So I did. Yeah. And uh, I learned all the songs um, in a few days, and we played... Uh, uh, where we play Disney World, big nice. huge show at, at Disney World in uh, I think it was '86, early '86 or middle middle of '86. Um, so that was my first show back with Striper. Right. Um, it was on on the uh, To Hell the Devil tour, and so, that started everything off. So you, so you had to learn those songs in a couple of days, but they didn't think you could play them in the studio. Yeah, well, it's different live. So, and it yeah, wasn't I mean, just. I guess so. It wasn't just those songs either. It was, you know, the songs we had done previously. Yeah, yeah. So we did songs from Yellow and Black Attack and Soldiers Under Command, and, and then a few of the new songs. All right. And uh, we just incorporated those more into the the show as as uh, you know as time went on and yeah. as the tour progressed, and you kind of make up your your set list every night and add yeah. songs, takeaway songs. Now so to hell with the devil came out and that's really what put you guys up to the top. Yeah. And, uh, the one song that really took us over the edge was, was the ballad, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we did, uh, we did the videos for, uh, calling on you and, uh, uh, free, and they did really well on MTV. They got, but it was that third song. It was the ballad, honestly, that just like suddenly it was being played on the radio. And, you know, we were in the top 40. Um, the, the album just went up, you know, on, on Billboard. And, um, yeah, so that, and that was towards the end of the tour also. So we had been touring that whole time. Well, um, I remember that, all those songs on MTV. I oh, mean, yeah. you couldn't turn MTV on for 30 minutes and not see you guys on there back yeah then. i mean there it was that uh what was it called dial mtv where people call in every day and yeah yeah and vote for your favorite video and and we were like number one for god it seemed like that whole year practically it was just were you just blown away by it every day yeah but i mean we we weren't i mean you paid attention to it but we were also on tour yeah we toured like nine months and uh you know see and, and back then it was like you're you're in your hotel room getting ready for the day and they're they're playing the local you know every day we had mtv on because we're watching what was going on and you know they play commercials and then they whatever time that that show came on it was in the late afternoon and then yeah once again number one or <laughs> number two or whatever and we're I was beaten, or not beating out, but you know, having a competition. I think Bon Jovi was was number one or number two. It was like always back and forth, or Poison, or whoever. Yeah. So it yeah. was good times. Yeah. So when on uh, that tour, did you guys go out with Jet Boy? Did they open for you? We on. Uh, excuse me. Um, that would have been uh, in God We Trust. Was it in God We Trust? Because I think I, I was trying to remember. I saw you guys in in uh, I think it was Fort Myers, Florida, 
and I want to say Jet Boy Open, but I thought it was on to hell with the devil, but I could be wrong. It may, gosh, I think I think it was the very end of In God We Trust tour. Because uh, okay. we did we did White Lion and then uh, I think Jet Boy because yeah to hell was uh, to hell was uh, Hurricane most of the time was with Hurricane and we did also TNT and Loudness was on the bill with us for for okay. a month or two also yeah it must have been in God we trust then because I didn't see those men but I, we did meet you guys at a Kmart on that tour do you remember <laughs> blue, do, doing in stores <laughs> you, do you remember doing in stores at Kmart yeah, I, I remember a couple of them. Yeah, uh, they they had us set up in the lawn and gardening department. <laughs> <laughs> that's where that's where we met you, Kmart. Kmart. That was probably the one. Yeah, Kmart for people that don't know what Kmart is that are listening is like a uh, Walmart and Target. Walmart, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so you guys were top of the charts at that time, selling out shows. I'm I'm guessing, right? Yeah. So that was the other thing we were doing. Uh, and we went from like uh, clubs on this whole tour. It went from clubs, large capacity clubs, and then uh, we were doing theaters. And then uh, all of a sudden, it went to uh, arenas, and we were selling out. Seemed like nightly, you know, fifteen thousand, fourteen, fifteen thousand seats a night, and we were merchandise was was doing great. I mean, we were at the time. Uh, the, the same company that did Prince and Madonna was also doing our merchandise, and they were saying that we were outselling them, Madonna and and Prince, uh, by I don't know, we were doing like nine bucks a head mm-hmm. versus whatever they were doing, you know, three or four bucks a head. So we, we were selling merchandise, we had a lot of cool different things. You know, shirts and uh, hats and earrings and, you know, all the jewelry, the, you know, sweat outfits, jackets. We had everything. Yeah. The guys, nice man merchandising. They they really came up with a lot of cool merch. Yeah. Now, with um, you guys being a Christian band, was there any uh, hesitation or questions from the label of putting you guys yeah, out I there? Mean, they, yeah, and they didn't know when they signed us when we did uh, uh the first album uh, yellow and black attack they just thought we were a regular rock band mm-hmm. and when when they went in the studio and heard the lyrics <laughs> <laughs> they're they're hearing uh, there's a song called from wrong to right and the, the the words are jesus is the way and uh yeah you guys didn't, like, didn't hide what? your lyrics no no <laughs> we didn't and so they uh I, I don't know. Uh, Bill and Wes Hine were the the uh, head guys at, at Enigma Records, and I think they uh, they ended up just going with it because um, we were still we were popular in L.A. before uh, before the album was ever released. So yeah. we had a huge following. So your 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 peers were you know like you said Rat Bon Jovi, Motley Crue. I mean, did you yep. guys? I mean, we all know the stories that you know, with those bands, were, did you guys participate in all those antics and no, were you a rock band like that? You guys, or, or, you guys no. a party I was, band or I was, <laughs> when I was in Stormer, I was, uh-huh. I, you know, I think that was one of the, one of the things that I guess you could say I, I left the band because I, I had done so much of that stuff. I was, you know, just getting out of control with women and drinking a lot and yeah. doing, sporting a lot of drugs and, and um well not that i'm proud of any of it but it's like i sure. i finally came to a point where i was i was done with that and i was i was 19 years old and i had been doing a lot of different things i i hung out with those guys tommy lee and i hung out a lot um mm-hmm. it was just you know stuff that we did you know we partied and that's you're young and party and you know there's in a rock uh, band you're in a rock band and there's a lot of women around and you have fun. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, but you know, Striper, we, we pretty, pretty much, uh, walked the straight and narrow, mm-hmm. uh, really? up until, uh, you know, later on in the band, I'd say, uh, um, the, uh, against the law days where, you know, we had, 
gone through a, a phase of rebellion mm-hmm. where we were, you know, because we we had done right for so long, and the people in the church were coming against us constantly. Like every day, we'd be picketed, you know, by Christians at our own show. Mm. Um, people with bullhorns screaming at us, and you know, you go through the Bible Belt, and it's like they believe one way, and you go to the the you know West Coast, and they they believe a different way, and it's like all these people are tugging and pulling at you yeah. from every different direction. Christians, I should say. Uh-huh. And uh, gosh, it got to the point where we were just like, we are burned out. Yeah. We'd been yeah. on the road forever. We were self-policing each other. Like, huh. if, if you didn't do the right thing, somebody was on the phone to, to management. And, you know, it's like, so you couldn't, you couldn't really enjoy being out on the road yeah after a while so does how does that transition take place so when you went from the straight road and then into the against the law album you know when things uh, started i mean yeah. how did that you just decide one day just screw it and do it or for me, I, it, it was gradual I, I think for me it was like the only way i could deal with uh doing it um day after day was you know i'd go back to my room and i'd i'd drink a few beers and a few more few more beers and that that led to you know drinking uh for me mm-hmm. uh you know i i i like to drink beer at that point and sure. i did for for a long time and um you know the other guys i i'll let them you know they can speak for themselves but yeah. i know for me personally it's like the only way i could deal with it uh, was to to not get intoxicated, but just to take the edge off. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, so that's you not know, a big deal. I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of people drink drink beer. A lot sure. of people drink wine, and you know. But you know, for me, that's what it was. I I smoked a lot of cigarettes and uh, I drank a lot of beer, but I never I never did drugs and. Um, yeah, I just stay clean in other directions. So that's awesome. What? So, um, in God we trust. You did not play on that album either. No. Wait, so, so so you got off was, tour. I mean, did I mean how did that come up again? So on that one, that's kind of the same situation. So we we went into the studio, and so I, Michael writes about this in his book, but I think he got him backwards because he he's basically said that on uh on to hell with the devil that i didn't play because we got in the studio and and things weren't working out but i at that point i never heard those songs i never went in the studio with striper for to hell with the devil but in god we trust uh we got in the in the studio and uh um kind of the same situation again where i i set up my gear and the producer comes up to me one day uh, i was set to track the next morning and so i was setting up my gear and he said well we don't want you to play on the album and wasn't like, the same producer was it those damn Different producers oh well, you know michael <laughs> sweet was the producer the you know whoever his name was on the thing it was ultimately what michael wanted so mm-hmm. you know at that point it was yeah uh you know, it's pretty much his decision if mm-hmm. I played or not. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm assuming you took that a little easier because it already. It happened. was easier because at that point, uh, I mean, we we were successful. I was still there, so it wasn't like it wasn't like they were they're giving me the cold shoulder like they did the other time. Yeah. Right. Like, this time I was there. We were all hanging out. I had I had pretty much learned the song so it wasn't like i uh was being ousted or anything i just yeah um, it was just a a decision that was made so they had the same guy come in and play on that album Hmm. and uh so whatever it's it's a time thing i guess you know you're spending 1500 bucks a day on in the studio and you want to get stuff done quickly um yeah, not to say I, that i guess i so. couldn't have done it quickly i mean i have but yeah uh, it's just you know i don't know it's 
you go in, you get the drums done. That's the biggest deal. You know, you get the drums finished and get a good drum sound. You make sure that your drum tracks are, are really pumping and then you lay everything else down. So, um, yeah. you could spend weeks on guitars, but you know, I, I usually was under pressure to get the bass stuff done, you know, in a day. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but sometimes the, it works, sometimes it doesn't. The next album you did play on, except one song, right? Yeah. So, uh, uh, Against the Law was a full band album. So the other ones, by the way, were, you know, it was like the songs were written. There was no rehearsal. It was just like everything was done in the studio. Oh, okay. On Against the Law, we went we went into uh, like a pre-production for months and we, we hung out as a band and we were friends and we were all having a good time. And, um, just, it, it shows on that record that, you know, the, uh, just the feel of it. Yeah. I love and, that record. You know, yeah. We, we got together in the studio rehearsal studio and, and worked those songs out every day and, and so we were ready when we went in the recording studio. It just everything came natural, and um, we knew what we were going to do, and um, it, it was great. It was a great recording, great record. Now, you didn't play on uh, Shining Star on that one, right? And then, yeah, so Shining Star, yeah. and pretty much what he, what, uh, so Randy Jackson played on that. And he's, you know, American Idol, Yes and Journey. And and Mm -hmm. so he he played that song and pretty much does uh, what I did. But in the verses, he he adds the funk part, which I didn't do. I was I was playing something different. So they wanted something different than what I had played on it. And he he brought it. Mm -hmm. And uh you know, out of everybody, I remember, so the day that they were auditioning bass players to come in and play on that song, I remember they kept bringing people in, and I was sitting out in the lobby of, of the studio, and I'm watching these guys come in, and they, they go in, and they'd leave, and it was like one after that, they must have brought in, I don't know, 10 different bass players that, that tried to play that song, and they couldn't find anybody, and, um, and so... Tom uh, Worman, who was the producer of that album, uh, he he was friends with Randy, and he thought he'd be perfect. And I'm like, going, well, I'd rather have somebody who's known like Randy Jackson take my place than than a bunch of these unknown yeah, guys. Some guy. Right? Yeah. 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 So, you know, I was I, it was great. I'm I'm glad he played on it, and he made the song uh, totally killer. Sounds great. Did you did you play his bass line live or did you do your way? I did his what he did. Okay. All right. And um it's it's funkier. It sounds great. Yeah. Were you uh into funk or I mean what you were into jazz, I know, correct? Yeah. I well, yeah, I was in uh, funk music. I <laughs> so when I started playing bass, it was when dis the whole disco scene was oh yeah was coming alive you know in the late 70s and so i was like saturday night fever everything on those records i i had learned so i i know how to play disco but um i love disco maybe because i'm a bass player great for a bass player it's great it's 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 fun music to play funk music i mean i i was into earth wind and fire i wasn't i was more at that point into bands like aerosmith right I wanted to be a, a rocker, and so you know that funk came later for me. And it's like I I listened to me and my wife the other night. We were we were listening to a bunch of funk music on YouTube. Just went through these videos. You know, here's the top songs for you know top fifty songs for 1978. You know, we sit there and just watch all the videos over and over again. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So, when did you leave Striper again? Was that after Against the Law? Uh, or, or, no, so, we'll see. So, the first time when I didn't play on uh, To Hell, that was in 86. 
that was for a month and a half, two months, whatever it was. Um, the, uh, the second time I left the band was in 2004, end of 2004. Okay. So that was a ways away. Yeah. So, you know, we had, we had stayed together. Michael left the band in 92 to do his solo thing. And then the three of us, we stayed together for another year as a three piece. And we did shows in Europe. Oz was singing the lead vocals. Right. We did shows in Europe and we played a few and we, we tried, we looked for another singer at the time. And, um, and there was a band called bride, uh, Dale Thompson was was a singer for Bride. He he got in the band for, I think he did one show with us, and he was out. <laughs> one show, <laughs> yeah. He didn't we want played it, huh? one show with this guy. You know, as a lead singer, and uh, he didn't want anything to do with it, so he he was out. And then, uh, you know, we just kind of disbanded from around '93 on until you know, for six six seven years. 2000 to 2000 or 2001 we ended up going in the studio to do some songs for a uh a greatest hits album uh-huh. and um so we did a couple new songs and then from there we went did some shows oh so me and let me back up here yeah me and oz started this band called Stin dizzy that was in 93 right, right. 93, 94, we put out an album, and uh, it, it was actually pretty good. Um, of course, you know, nobody was getting signed or anything, so it was like, it was a struggle to keep the band together. Uh, I I think it was 98, where 90, 98 or 99, uh, Sin Dizzy, and Michael Sweet, as a solo artist, we did this big show in Puerto Rico and uh, in San Juan, and the place was packed. Right, <laughs> like ten thousand people in this in this outdoor arena, and and my band San Dizzy played. Oz was singing lead, and then Michael Sweet played, um, and then we got together at the very end, and we we did some striper songs, and the place just went crazy. Nice. So from then on, it was like, well, maybe we can put this thing back together and 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 make it work. So um, we we did this album, and I think it was two thousand. This another greatest hits album, and then we uh, what did we do? Started touring, did some shows. Uh, two thousand four, we did our last show in Puerto Rico, and I and I think for that time when we when we got back together it was just like we're playing dumpy clubs and it wasn't really <laughs> like the glory days yeah yeah uh, and i just wanted to remember things as it was you know we we went out you know with selling out the be the big arenas and stuff and we're, now we're playing these dingy bars and it was just it wasn't fun you know we're sleeping like we were yeah. Back when we first started with five guys, six guys in, in a hotel room, you know, and, you know, people are sleeping on the floor and, you know, everybody's well, unfortunately, up in you, bed. you guys weren't the only ones in that situation back then. Unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, yeah. A lot of them that's got caught up how, in that. That's kind of how everything ended up. Yeah. The 80s. So uh, some other stuff went down and I was just like, you know, I was, I was kind of tired. I was burnt out. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do it, so I, I had left the band again, and that was end of uh, 2004. Uh-huh. And so they had gotten a, a guy named Tracy Ferry, who was in Michael Sweet's solo band. He he took my place, and he he was in the band up until 2009. And um, so that's I was out for those five years. I I don't know what happened at that point. Uh-huh. And then did did you go back or was that it? No, that was I, I went back in uh, 2009. Uh, Michael's wife had passed away. Mm-hmm. And so I went to pay my respects. I flew up for the funeral and uh, um, it just kind of 
after that, I think Michael was like, you know, touched that I would make the trip all the way up from, you know, to, to, uh, pay my respects. And, sure. uh, he, he wanted to do this, uh, reunion, the 25th anniversary reunion tour, I guess, whatever, however it worked out, he was going to have, uh, he asked if I was interested in doing it. I said, sure. And so he was going to have, uh, the new music they had, put out two albums, uh, Reborn and Murder by Pride. Um, they were going to have Tracy play on the new music, and then he was going to have me play on the old songs that I had played with. And um, so we we were working out this whole 25th anniversary tour in 2009, 2010, and whenever it happened. Um, and then Tracy backed out at the last minute, and... I ended up being the bass player for that tour, the whole tour. And from then on, it was just like, well, you know, we're back in the swing of things again. And, and I was back in the band. So it just kind of happened. I, I came back on a temporary basis. And as things progressed, it just, you know, we were getting more shows and doing more recordings and put out more albums. And we, I think we did some better albums than we we did back in the 80s yeah uh, we recorded uh uh what was it called the covering uh which was yeah that was you know, well, cover songs right covers yeah, yeah. So that was that was a lot of fun we did uh uh two three other studio albums so and you guys um, have done a lot of albums you guys have a, yeah. a great career you know that I'm sure you know that, but yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah was, Joe, I think he knows that. It's been a wild ride, you know. I, I, I have. Uh, I never thought, you know, I'd, I would have done almost 35 years, 34 years, um, playing in the same band, um, and you know, it was it was a ride. It was a up and down, but it you know has good times and had some great times. But sure. Um, totally blessed to have been able to do it i i've i'm proud of what i did in the past what we did and what we accomplished yeah well i mean it's awesome stuff i mean I, I like now you were in the band up until uh 2015 is that was that when you quit for the last time or what happened that, uh, or, yeah what, in what happened 2016 with that? um mm -hmm. so we did uh we did two tours in 2016. We did uh, the final tour that I played on was uh, the 30th anniversary for To Hell with the Devil. And so we did two months on the road with that. And then uh, I had a lot of personal issues going on uh, with, uh, with the marriage, breaking up, and just uh, some stuff went down. And so they, they, uh, they ended up firing me for... Um, what they call a hostile environment <laughs> or something oh, along wow. those lines. I, I, I was, I wasn't. Uh, they, they didn't think I was uh, uh, workable at that time, or they were able to work with me. I should say, right? Um, which you know, whatever. I, w I was there. You know, I, I showed up every day and did my job. So yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I was officially let go uh, in May. I think it was May 30th of 2017. Okay. So, and then you you were doing projects after that also. Yeah. And I had been before that and after that. Yeah. I, mean, I, I try to stay busy anyway. I, I like playing with different people. So I, I had worked with... Uh, uh, the first thing that we did, it was a friend of mine from Orange County, uh, Giancarlo Floridia, who had a band uh, called Faith Sedge. And he had asked me while I was still in Striper to play on uh, one of their albums, and I, I did, and that came out in 2015. And then uh, he did another one. It uh, came out in 2017. Mm -hmm. I can't think straight anymore, but... I'm with uh, you. <laughs> I know it's like all this stuff goes by and you're not yeah. the dates anymore. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so I, I played on his second album, um, 
that came out in 2017 and then uh uh did a, uh, an album with of gods and monsters and that's uh Kevin Gucci on vocals and Joey Tafoya on guitar, Dean Castronovo on drums, and we did okay. some shows with that. And um, we we did that up until uh, the end of last year. Um, or was yeah last year. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So we we had done some shows and just tried to promote the album. We had we had a lot of fun more than anything else. Um, great guys. And then uh, I, I kind of hooked up with Aldo Nova. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. 2018. Let's see, what year is this? <laughs> 21. <laughs> so it was the end of 2000, 2019. Um, he was looking for a bass player. And just because of Facebook, he saw my picture pop by on his newsfeed and he uh, clicked on it and sent me a message and asked if I was interested in, in doing some shows with him. And I said, sure. And so he so, hold on we, one second. So, so yeah. he saw you on Facebook and that's. Yeah. I had he, no idea who I was or uh, really oh, wow. it was just, it was just going off a picture that I had posted <laughs> and it ended up in his newsfeed or one of those spots on Facebook where there's people you might know. I'm One sure. I'm things. sure he's had a heard of Striper before, though, right? When you told him, yeah, I well, yeah, I don't know if he if he knew much about us. He <laughs> he ended up later on, yeah. I think, you know, learning, learning or whatever you want to say, discovering more. Um, Very interesting. But I mean, we hmm. we we kind of hit it off, and he he flew me up to uh, Montreal to to do a video for one of his songs, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, so that was the first time I had met him and met uh, some of the other guys in the band. And, and uh, since then it's like, you know, we've been, we had planned to do some touring and uh, because of the COVID everything's been shut down and, mm-hmm. But you know he's kept me busy doing videos. He he does all these videos, uh, you know, for the fans, and and so I've been doing some videos and some recording for him. And and uh, he's a good guy. I I really enjoy working with him. He's got a great great new album coming out. Um, it's a it's a rock opera. Are you are you uh, playing on it or no? Uh, I played on one song. I'm not sure if it'll be used or not, but mm-hmm. uh, I I will see. Yeah, <laughs> but, the Life and Times of Eddie Gage is is, is his uh, rock opera. It's it's phenomenal. Uh-huh. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, we we have plans for next year. Next year, I'm already in 21. So this year, <laughs> um, to do some some touring if it if the world opens up again so we'll see what happens yeah, yeah. Be cool. you think what's your opinion on that you think things will get started again this year or no i don't know it's so hard I, to say you know it's yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens you know now now that biden's in uh we'll see if uh the covid the whole covid thing just disappears yeah. you never know he's that would be interesting uh, he's gonna cure covid yeah <laughs> he yeah i think you know they use it politically, at least here yep. in the states, to to drive a wedge between everybody, and yeah. you know they close the whole country down, if not the whole world, for that matter. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I I'd be interested to see if uh, you know because of the vaccine being available, and and uh, you know if things start uh, tapering off here, uh, if they will open up. Yeah. And, yeah. I think it would be great, but I don't know. I think personally, I think we're still probably a year away. Yeah. That's kind of, someone asked me about it the other day and I said, I think just my opinion, I would think maybe by the end of this year, we'll yeah. maybe I mean, it'd be ideal for, Let's for, hope. Summertime, for summertime concerts to open yeah. up, but God, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So you released a solo album in I, what, Breakfast at Timothy's in 2009. 2009 um yeah. any plans on doing another solo album yeah i got 
I got lots of plans. <laughs> you, you're busy. You stay busy, so I'm sure you do. I just uh, delusions of grandeur. I guess I don't know. It's like I, yeah, I, I I'd love to do more, but it's like I, at this point, it's like I don't even know why I would bother. Just uh, I don't know. I guess there's people that would listen to it, but um, yeah. it, it's it would be pretty hard to to do a tour behind it. But I I'd like to put a band together and and do some club shows and and just have fun with it um just yeah mainly mainly to enjoy things rather than be on a on a tight schedule yeah well you you have such a uh huge career in music i mean you ever think about writing a book yeah i uh, i pretty much have it written you do uh, I, but i am like you know, at that point i i may do some some edits on the things there there's just there's some stuff i probably changed mm-hmm. now that i that i had written down a few years ago that i probably wouldn't release now but mm-hmm. i don't know it's it's just um uh, and again it's like what do i want to do with it you know and and you know is, is the purpose to uh portray my boring life or to uh portray the life you know, I had with Striper or, you know, and there's still some things, you know, I still have a future. So, you know, I may hold off a year or two and, and see what happens. Oh, I'm uh, sure your life uh, isn't boring. Any, any, <laughs> any chance of getting oh, back with Striper? <laughs> What's that, Nick? No, I was, I was asking him any, any chance of getting back with Striper or is that a done deal? That's a done deal. Yeah. You, you don't That's speak to a, them. I haven't no, I haven't talked to the guy since uh since I was fired. So mm-hmm. uh, what is this? Four four years now. Yeah. Uh and they they're they've moved on. They've they've got a a good guy in the band and um I think they're they're all doing they're all happy and doing well and yeah. And I wish them the best. Yeah. Do you like do you, do you like their new stuff or have you heard it or to be honest, I haven't heard it. I, yeah. I haven't heard any. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I heard one song. I can't remember what it was. Uh, I saw a video. But, mm-hmm. um, I I don't even think I, I listened to the whole thing. I just... Yeah. You know, no interest. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it, it sounds like, I mean, that would know what thing's got to be. That's got to be fun. Yeah, and like I said, he's he's great. I mean, what a he he's a phenomenal artist all the way around. Songwriter, uh, guitar player, yeah. keyboard player, singer. I mean, he he plays everything on his records. So it's like, yeah, uh, he he's got any and he's produced people. I mean, he's written for some big people. I mean, just Grammy winning artist. I mean, he's, he's done it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've seen some of his videos that he did during COVID and, uh, he seems like a really cool guy. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. Yeah. He's, and, uh, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm hoping that things work out uh, to where we'll be able to play this year. Yeah. But we'll see. Now I, you know, I I saw somewhere I forget where I heard, but were were you doing lessons, bass lessons? Yeah, I did for a little bit. I do that every now and then. I do online stuff, you know, where people, you know, do it over Skype or, mm-hmm. uh, and I guess now they have Zoom. So Skype is old old news. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't even know how to uh, work Zoom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I was like, I, I, I'm just, you know, I'm I'm not a a teacher i consider myself more of a, a coach uh-huh. based coach so i have guys that, that would sign up and you know we we go over things to, to help them improve their technique or they sometimes they just wanted to hear how i played a certain song or or whatever so hmm. uh, but you know i i go through i had a few beginning students too we go through a book and you know start at square one and right but you know, I'm not. I'm not a teacher. Kind of the same reason why I I didn't want to become a minister, or pastor, mm. um, and I just I'm not the kind of person who does well uh, instructing people. 
Yeah, I think that's a special thing you got to have to really be able to do that properly. I think I couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, for me, for me, I, I, I still do it, but I, it's not something that I do on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, Tim. Well, listen, man. Again, I appreciate you taking the time. It was an honor to speak to you. Um, You know, and I look forward to seeing what's in the future for you. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. And Nick also. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Tim. Enjoy Thank talking you with you. All right, Thank buddy. You. Well, listen, you stay safe out there, and we'll uh, we'll see how this year goes. Yeah, thanks, man. You too. All right. All right, man. We'll talk to you. Take care. Okay. All right, bye. That's all for this week. Join us next week for another episode of the Rock and Roll and Coffee Show podcast. Available on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.